welcome everybody. Uh, thanks for coming on. You know, this is a, a new, I guess, a new experience for the engineering side of data podcasts. Uh, I'm the host, Bob Hafner. Uh, as the name implies of the podcast, uh, I cover mostly data engineering topics, but I also cover some of the edge topics too, like analytics, engineering, GIS, things of that nature. Uh, this podcast, as well as this episode, will be available at the usual podcast locations like Spotify, uh, Apple, Google, all those places where you normally get them. And um, yeah, thanks for everybody joining. If you have a question or comment during the session, uh, please hit the, re I think it's the request button. And um, yeah, we'll try to get to some of your questions. Uh, we're going to be talking about careers and community today in the data engineering space or just a data space in general. And I'm very excited to, to have a very special guest that's going to answer uh, some of these questions from myself and from the audience. Uh, my guest is Adi Pollock. Uh, Adi, thank you for coming on and uh, please introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you, Bob, for having me. I'm excited uh, for this opportunity and to meet you all and hear you all. So please uh, bring in your questions and suggestions, and it's an open conversation. Um, yeah, so I contribute to the open source LakeFS. LakeFS uh, enables a Git-like capabilities over data lakes and over basically any format of data because it's run on binary. Uh, so pretty much um, related to the data engineering space and everything that we do uh, in data. Uh, before that, I, uh, I was a manager at Microsoft and responsible for the advanced analytics uh, team. Um, before that, I was a software engineer. Um, before that, <laughs> I uh, was a machine learning researcher and I have a master's degree uh, in machine learning with thesis. Um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Nice. Sounds like you've had definitely some variety over your career. Yeah, you know, it's been interesting. It's always was around data because if we think about it, even machine learning right at the core of it, you need data. Um, uh, yeah, so I think I, I see myself like a forever data engineer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to, to get away from it when it's, it's at the center of so many different things, right? Every part's important, uh, but uh, we all know that data engineering is the most important part, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give, give us a thumbs up or claps if you think data engineering this is the most important part. I think there is this cool feature here in uh, on Twitter Spaces. Uh, and there is a heart, so you can actually uh, give us a thumbs up. Cool. Yeah, overwhelming majority. We don't even need to look at the screen. It's clear. It's data engineering. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> All right, I want to. I have some questions here for you, so I'm going to dive right in. Um, mm -hmm. This one's definitely, we'll start off with a really broad one. I like to do that. What advice do you give people looking to land a job as a data engineer? Oh, that's really good. That's, that's a really good one. Um, first of all, understand that each company defines data engineering slightly different. So be open to that and be able to identify, if you can, what you want to do, but also be open to the possibilities out there, right? There's a lot of work. Sometimes the work would be with structured data, sometimes unstructured data, like images or audio uh, or other unstructured data. Um, sometimes it will be attached to uh, the machine learning team. Sometimes it will be analytics team. Sometimes it will be more an infra uh, data engineer. So building the infrastructure for large-scale analytics or large-scale machine learning. So my first advice is be aware that every position is different. Um, and also uh, be open to, to learn new technologies. And it's okay if at the end of the day you look at the job description and you feel like, oh no, I'm not, you know, I don't know half of the things here. That's fine. It often happens because our ecosystem is so big. Um, and if you think about how do you become a data engineer, then focus on, in my opinion, uh, the way we see the industry goes today, make sure you really nail down the basics, like understanding SQL, 
understanding metadata, understanding the different types of data that exists, that exists, structured, unstructured, semi-structured. Um, and once you nail this down, you'll be able to take on other technologies, um, things along the lines of distributed systems, distributed data, uh, and progress from there. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I would echo your the broadness of the of the discipline, right? Like you explained there, there's so many different tools. There's so many different companies that have maybe a slightly different idea of what a data engineer does. And so, and it's, I'd also add to this that it's very difficult to know everything in the data engineering space because it is so broad. So don't get hung up on that. Um, start somewhere, just realize no one knows it all. And it's a, a constant learning um, path that we're all on. So for sure. Yeah, I'm curious how many people here are wants to become a data engineer in the audience. Give us a thumbs up or a heart. Interesting. Yeah, I'm looking here. Yeah, I know there's so there's some slight delay, but uh, I know, oh, I see. Yeah, we got a heart, we got some fist bump, awesome. Yeah, a lot of people here wants to become data engineers. That's awesome. I feel like data engineering, that field is the future uh, because it speaks, it serves so many uh, data customers within organization and it enables the business to grow. I think from like the really the infrastructure from like the really the infrastructure, when we think about the infrastructure layer uh, in the ecosystem, we often, uh, we have uh, a new language to define the work that we do is building data products and data products serve data customers in organization, either our BI internal or external, for example, BI team, machine learning team, analytics, uh, or even, you know, building the data infrastructure to serve external customers. If we are, if the business, if the logic that the business we're building is serving analytics to other companies, for example, or fine tuning some security perspectives, security firewalls or anything of such that we need to process a lot of data in order to figure out what the right rules to, to, to extract or to provide. Um, we really see it in a lot of places. So I definitely, um, from my perspective, uh, understanding data is going to be a crucial part uh, in a lot of software development work. Yeah, I completely agree. And so that, that kind of ties into one of my questions in terms of um, what does the demand for data engineers look like over the next few years? Um, my opinion, it's going to grow. Uh, we see it everywhere. We see uh, understanding how to structure data, understanding how to save data, how to load data, how to keep data in memory in an efficient manner. Um, all the different uh, new positions that comes up as well, right? You, you see in analytics engineering, analytics engineering uses the things that data engineer work uh, did. So they, they're building the infrastructure for the analytics engineers to later on use that data, right? They define the structure, they build the metadata, they, 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 they enable that, uh, that pool of data, that data lake or data warehouse. Um, machine learning is growing, it's always growing. And we know it in machine learning, we have to have uh, data engineers as well to support that team. Sometimes even the data engineering team would be bigger than the data science team, which is very interesting because it means we, don't need as many people to build the algorithms to create the models, but we need much more people in order to make sure the data that we use to build the model is in a good condition and high quality data. So we need more people there. Um, also, we understand that the quality of data matters, right? So it needs to be, because we're using it in all aspects of the business, because a lot of the things we do, we want to make data-driven decision and we want to provide our customers with good data, it needs to be accurate, right? It needs to be complete. It needs to be consistent. Um, so all that means we need more and more people to make sure this is happening. Um, so I definitely, I, I project that it's going to grow and we will see much more position, many more positioning, job positioning, uh, are being opened um, at different skills level and different requirements.
Excellent. What do you, yeah, what do you think, Bob, from your perspective? I know you work in a field also. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, I think obviously it's, um, if you've been paying attention to the market, it certainly has grown in the last uh, two to three years. I think that'll uh, continue down that same trajectory. It, uh, like you just stated, it's, it is, is it a focal point of a lot of initiatives, you know, serving a lot of different roles. Uh, so data scientists, people in corner offices, customers, there's most people are, that are looking for insights will have to touch some piece of work that a data engineer does, right? It's going to look a little different, you know, um, like it remains a scene, you know, if we're, you know, you know, data engineer seems to be moving more towards software engineering. Some people say it already has, or it's always has been. Will it look more like analytics engineering? Will it be look more low code? I think those are some of the questions that that I have, uh, but I definitely think the importance of the role, the demand for the role, uh, will be there for some time. Uh, why don't we take some? We do have some requests to uh, uh, join the the speaker group here, so let's uh, talk to some of these folks. Yeah. Levine, uh, thanks for jumping on the stage. What do you have for us? Dean, I think you might be muted. All right, Bavin, let's we'll come back to you. Yeah. As it loads, I wanted to share, uh, and we have another request we can bring um, bring you in. Also, um, I wanted to share that. Uh, from what I've seen uh, working with customers and working with consultants, uh, many times they approach the conversation asking, hey, I want to introduce machine learning into my business. I want to uh, capitalize on machine learning and leverage machine learning to build tailor-made solutions uh, for their customers, basically for it. Um, and one of the challenges there is they don't understand that in order to build that, they need a good data system. So a lot of the conversations are, uh, as follows, I want to build a machine learning system. I want to capitalize on the machine learning uh, domain, which is great. I want to provide more value to my users, which is customers and users, which is amazing. But I don't have any prepared data. I don't, my tail bills are not ready for it. There's no data pipeline to process it, to clean it, to feature, do feature extraction. And I always find it an interesting conversation. And I feel like now we finally reached the point where people understand that they have to take care of their data before they do anything else. Uh, so looping back to, you know, going back to your previous question, I think this is another signal, another good signal for our industry. Yeah, that, <laughs> I, that was one of the, I think definitely one of the turning points in terms of the demand for data engineers, um, data scientists were obviously hired quite, <laughs> were hired in droves not too long ago. Um, they were able to add some value pretty quickly, but when it came to the productionized uh, uh, models and predictions and everything else, the, I guess the uh, putting their work in production uh, became a little bit um, trickier. And I think that's when the demand for uh, data engineers really started to take off. All right, I think, um, Levine, I've seen you. Are you ready for your question? All right, we'll go to Chuck, I believe. Chuck. Chuck. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, so it's like usually now the considering some of the experienced guys, those who are from the MSBI or from that background will really easily catch up this uh, uh, data related uh, data related uh, things engineering and uh, how we have to move and all but some of the folks which were all from the background of uh, pure coding and all so <clears throat> how how they can they can get into this data engineering field uh, using their uh, programming language especially when we are uh, using api and all that's the question thank you can can you share which programming language again? So obviously, majority majors, uh, most of the people are from the background of uh, .NET, some simple things, C sharp, and all. Uh, some are now uh, going into the Python 
but uh, but their uh, understanding is into the most of the type like uh, development of the form or some sort of an exes kind of an that, that background and they they are wanted to be in this field so those who are from msbi background like those who are into the etl and all easily catch up this uh, cloud based data engineering but some are wanted from the programming background into this field so uh, api development and all is the one of the area for them but uh, uh, what what are all the more uh, particular areas they can uh, utilize their programming experience and get into the data engineering uh, field thank you yeah it's a good great question thank you um so we're speaking more about the api and logic uh developers uh and also specifically dotnet and c sharp um so i can say there's a lot of data engineering in that space as well it doesn't necessarily it does we don't have to stick to one pro specific programming language such as python for for example it can come in all different programming language and uh, and paradigms uh, in programming language languages as well the question is um if you know data structures, in-memory data structures, then you can already have a sense of what do you need, right? Key value stores, things like that. Like, what do, what do you need? And then you have to understand how it looks like on disk. Uh, what's, uh, how you're saving it, what is the IO, uh, how fast you can retrieve it, right? There's a lot of conversation around how data is in, on disk, how data is in memory. Uh, so you can definitely leverage the skills to better understand how to represent it, how to pull it faster, how to save it in a, in a more uh, condensed and, and efficient manner. Also, because you already works, uh, working with data, you can actually type into the other questions of accuracy, right? You're processing some information, how accurate the data information is. Is that complete? Uh, if you're collecting data over time, uh, what is the timeliness of your data? What is the validity? integrity. There's a lot of different types of, of data and we can think about it in, in on all these different angles. If you want to move completely, I re highly recommend learning SQL, at least the basics, because um, then it will be easier to move into different programming languages or different frameworks that use SQL-like language, so it will be easier to do that transformation. Um, and at the core, I always say, once you know well one programming language, for example, C-sharp, and C-sharp is a great example, C-sharp, and C-sharp is a great example uh, for a good start, good programming language to start with because it's so diverse. There are so many functionalities in there. Like the, most of the languages trying to keep up with what C-sharp and .NET is releasing um, because, A, it's considered a uh, more complex programming language to really become proficient at and understand all the different features. Um, and B, it's highly used because there's a big ecosystem around that. So I won't necessarily you know, walk away from that specifically, but I will add learning SQL well, understanding how uh, data looks like on disk, in multiple formats, uh, understanding what happens if I need to save uh, data on multiple machines and then I need to know how to retrieve it, so indexing. Um, and also adding, uh, slowly adding other frameworks to, uh, to grow and enrich the skills and, and capabilities. Bob, what do you think? I think that was a great answer and I have very little to add to it. <laughs> Maybe I would, uh... Um, possibly add that uh, you're going to be, as a software engineer and um, transitioning into data engineer, like, you know, Adi said, a lot of the concepts are very familiar to you and they'll be the same, but uh, maybe look at the concept of, uh, get familiar with data testing, quality of data testing. Uh, it's a little bit different than typical unit tests within software development. Uh, so that's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. And then also join a community. That's one of the things we're talking about. Uh, at Adi heads up a community over on, on Slack channel. I forget the name of it. Um, but that's a, a great way to uh, get up to speed, find out what skills are in demand, approaches, problem solving, all that good stuff. 
Yeah, 100%. Everyone are most welcome to join um, the data engineers community. It's right in my Twitter, in my bio. There's a, a link there. Um, click it and you'll find it. Uh, it's a great space for learning. It's a great space for asking questions. Um, there's a lot of different uh, levels of experience and different frameworks that people are working with. So it's always interesting to see what exists. Uh, and I believe once you, you start uh, watching what exists in the ecosystem and start doing the learning and slowly uh, starting to engage as well and asking questions and trying to help other people, then it becomes kind of a habit. So it's really uh, helped to keep up with everything that's happening because people will constantly share new frameworks, new things that comes up, challenges that they have at work, you know, from a technical perspective, et cetera. Uh, so it's a great place to keep up and to learn from, e from each other. Um, so everyone is, is welcome. Um, yeah, and I'd love to see you there. The, I think this is one of my questions might be relevant at this time in terms of um, data engineering boot camps. Seen a couple of them popped up over the last couple of years. Uh, do you have any opinions on those? Yeah. Um, so first of all, I'm I'm not a big believer in uh, in, in doing a a degree, uh, and I know that's funny because I I myself has uh, I have a master degree. Um, but I'm a big believer in gaining hands-on experience. And if the boot camps are giving you hands-on experience, they you can work as an intern in a company. Um, you're having, you're being, you getting, they're assigning you an ex, a senior uh, data engineer in the field where you want to be, where you want to grow in, uh, as a mentor um, or as a buddy for when you're an intern. That will be amazing because then you can really learn how things looks like look like uh, inside on the job. Um, so always look for more than just a course. The course is great. It will give you hands-on. It will be amazing. But if you decide to go fully in, it goes beyond just an online virtual course, and they're able to offer you that internship. They're able to offer you that mentorship from a senior data engineer uh, that works in the field. Um, I believe it's priceless. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I don't, I didn't get to look into, into them as much. Um, but definitely look for, if you're deciding to go with that, look for these criteria specifically to make sure you're, they will help you build the experience on top of, uh, gaining the theoretical, um, on top of understanding the theory, you will also get the experience. Okay, great. Well, we have another question yeah. from Alex. Hi, Alex. Hello. Alex, go ahead if you have a question for Adi. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Hi, sorry, but made a bit of a mess between my um, headphones and my iPhone speaker. So, hi, I'm Alex. Um, I'm the head of data at a global Web3 uh, fintech based in London, uh, where I lead both the analytics and the data engineering teams. Um, so I had a question for either of the hosts. Um, so the question is, in particular, given the ease of use of the tooling that comprises the modern data stack, um, we as a business are currently grappling with both recruiting data engineers and then also designing appropriate career paths for, for the engineers. Um, and so, so my kind of question is, I'd love to love to hear your opinions on whether traditional data engineering should be seen as kind of distinct to the kind of newly emergent concept of an analytics engineer, or whether you kind of think that data engineers should think more in terms of just actually broadening out their skills to encompass working with a lot of these new frameworks but also still be capable of doing more conventional kind of low level uh, kind of data engineering work alongside obviously the, the typical kind of modeling and pipeline development work. Yeah, that's a fabulous question. Um, are you familiar with um, the excellency model where you have one team who, who excels at one thing uh, at one domain specifically. For example, if I have a data engineers, then I have my whole team is based on data engineers. So there is uh, there is the opposite of that. They're actually building modules where this specific team is built towards specific business mission. 
they're going to drive a specific product or a specific piece of the pr product. So then we are we need to combine different skills from uh, analytics engineer, data engineer, uh, infra or UI uh, full stack engineers as well. And then we kind of uh, we're building it in one team. So because their mission is to deliver the product. And so the KPIs and everything around is related to the product. Um, within the individuals, I believe that it should be more addressed to the skills and what they're building. So if they are, and data engineering is, uh, we need, it, it requires to nail down the specific skills of what a data engineer uh, do in the organization. Um, uh, but it requires really nailing down that path and uh, and thinking through like how big is your organization, how many engineers do you have that if it's a startup and we're speaking about 20 engineers, then I don't really see why it's necessary to have a career path for multiple personas where it's clear that people can change hats every day and that's fine that's the nature of a startup. If we're discussing a bigger organizations hundreds or thousands of, of engineers, then it might be different. And then a career path uh, will look different for that type of, of organization. And then having uh, a dedicated uh, persona to it can help. Um, I came from Microsoft, which is a huge organization. Uh, and there we had software engineers, we had data scientists, we had um, um, security uh, researchers. Uh, there wasn't specific differentiating between uh, data engineers and software developers at that point. But again, it might be that things will change. Uh, so just giving you a couple of uh, views. Uh, I hope that's helpful. Thanks very much. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Yeah, we, we are a small organization. And um, yeah, I, I think it is very much a question of people just having to wear different hats on different days, given the complexities of the business. But perhaps as we scale out over time, then, yeah, there will be more of a need to kind of actually define the career paths based more on, on the specifics of, of the, the projects we are working on and the tasks we have at hand. So, yeah, that's really interesting um, feedback. Thank you for that. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Great question. All right. Uh, we have another uh, speaker here, Ashwani. You have a question for Adi or myself? Yes. Um, my question is more around the differences between uh, an, the interview questions for software developer versus a data engineer. I know solving lead code, hard and medium problems are very important for software development jobs. I wanted to ask how important do you say it is to be good at solving lead code uh, problems for a data engineer position? Thank you. Yeah, I think it's a great question. Um, and again, it depends on it depends on the organization uh, and depends on their requirements. Uh, so it's always good to lead with, uh, you know, asking them on the screening call, uh, asking them, um, how do you define data engineer? What are your expectations? What are the tools that I'm going to engineer? What are your expectations? What are the tools that I'm going to work with? And then from there, you can assess uh, what, what might be the skills. Uh, but just to... Uh, to give you like a very generic answer uh, to it, uh, then then yes, it's first of all, uh, there is software engineering involving in it. And on top of it, you'll see questions around um, data modeling, um, uh, might be a compression of data, how data looks like on disk, indexing, um, metadata questions, uh, things that speaks more about uh, data uh, and, in the data modeling world. Does that answer your question? Okay, cool. But always right. the best practice to lead with, you know, when, when they call in to screen you for, uh, to understand uh, how well you feed the organization, lead with question two. Make sure you have questions in mind so you can ask them so you can make, make a better assessment, um, you know, on the position. Yeah, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. Again, going back to some of our initial conversations at the start of this, it's such a broad discipline. And hopefully by the time you get to the screening, you have a better idea of what's important, what they're looking for. Uh, but again, like Adi said, make sure you have some questions in mind that to uh, get some clarification. 
All right, why don't we move on to the um, community aspect of this discussion? Um, what are some yeah. of the, Adi, uh, what are some of the benefits of uh, building a community? I mean, it's kind of an obvious question, but uh, what do you see as the benefits? Um, what's the benefit? It's, I can say why I created a community, why I decided it's a good idea to have a community. I didn't find a community that uh, I was able to grow with. Uh, I felt like we shared a common theme, like the questions, um, the tools that we're using, uh, the dilemmas we're having. Uh, so this is where I am coming from. Uh, so I think it's a great benefit for me because then I'm able to have, uh, I can broaden my network and I can reach people that I would never be able to reach without the community. Because uh, there's always my immediate colleagues, there's always my, uh, my immediate friends or people that I worked with in the past. Um, but then now I'm able to get perspectives, to get suggestions, to exchange ideas uh, with people that I would have never got to meet in person, um, which I think is incredible because uh, our industry is global. Um, we can see the same data issues or the same data challenges uh, everywhere in the world, everywhere where people works with data. Um, every, every place where data engineers needs to build, for example, a data infrastructure or things through a data modeling challenge. Um, so this is why, why I, I, I thought it would be a good idea to, to build a community. And this is, this is how I benefit from it. And this is the way I design it is in a way that other people can benefit from it as well. Uh, so they will be able to ask questions in, in a safe space. Uh, so I, hopefully it's, it's in that condition. And if it's not, and if you feel anything different, uh, please let me know. Um, I will do anything to fix it. Excellent. Yeah. What, since uh, I know that you've, this community has existed for a while, what are some of the challenges that you've come across in, in building this community? Yeah. Um, so the community is built online and some of the challenges we really wanted to do like a meetups or a get together or a coffee or a water coolers chat. And uh, some of the challenges we're facing was uh, which time zones are we working at? Uh, when should we do uh, the meetup? When should we have the water cooler event? Uh, so this is, uh, <laughs> I believe this is always the biggest problem when, uh, uh, when there is something that is global, uh, anything global, a global team, a global community. Um, second thing is, is, uh, sometimes governing, uh, the, the community specifically who wanted it to be a safe space. So that means a lot of time reaching out to people in private, explaining to them why they wrote something that can, uh, be distracting to other community members. Um, and I, I'll have to say most of the people took it very positively and said, you know, they are sorry and, uh, uh they won't do it again. Uh, but some people got really upset and decided to leave, and that's all good. Um, and the end of the day is uh, is by the community for the community. It's all data engineers, so we want it to be to keep it a safe space. And these are some of the challenges uh, I faced. Yeah, I would, uh, I'd certainly appreciate that. Uh, you mentioned obviously it's the community that you're involved in is it's virtual on Slack. Where do you? And so obviously with, with COVID over the last two years, that's been advantageous to have this global online community. Um, in terms of in-person events that tend to be a little bit more local, do you, you think that, uh, yeah, what's the future of that? What's, what's the balance between virtual and in-person events as we go forward? As hopefully, fingers crossed, that uh, you know, we're kind of coming out of this uh, pandemic period. Yeah, I think it's a great question. Um, I honestly don't know. Like some of the big advantages of being online is the ability to meet people we will not be able to meet otherwise. Not everyone can get, you know, to any every conference in the world, um, and uh, we can't really be at three places at one time. I remember. I remember. Can you hear me well? Oh, okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, I lost you just for a bit, but I can hear you just fine okay, now. Sorry. Uh, so I, I remember days where um, the online enables us to be uh, three different meetups at the same day in three different locations in the world. Uh, so I, I believe this is a great advantage. You can get to meet so many people in so many different time zones directly from your home office uh, or you know from your living room or the coffee place next door. Um, so that was great. Um, but I will say we do miss the uh, the hallway conversations. Um, we see it a little bit here. For example, Twitter Spaces is a great way for hallway conversations. We can come up, ask questions, and exchange ideas, and it's perfect. Um, from what the signals that we get in the industry, we see a lot of conferences going hybrid now in their data industry. We have Data Council is coming up. It's going to be in Austin. Uh, we have uh, Kafka Summit in London in person. Uh, QCon, uh, they added a dedicated uh, modern data pipeline track. It's going to be in London. They also have another version uh, online. Uh, so I feel like it's a mix at the moment. I really hope that online will stay. Um, so we will be able to connect, uh, you know, on a global scale. Um, but we'll see. I don't think we'll go back to what it used to be in the past. That's for sure. I, I feel like we're evolving and we're going towards something new. Uh, but that's my opinion um, and my perspective. Uh, I'd love to learn what you think, Bob. Yeah, that's. Um, I do agree with your last statement there that I don't think we're going to go back to the way it was So prior to COVID. I think it will be interesting to see how things, like you mentioned, some of those conferences that are returning to in-person, but they're definitely keeping a, a virtual option. Now, some of the ones I've seen, the, the virtual options are have been free of charge. Maybe they don't include all the uh, talks. Uh, maybe they just hit the, the keynotes. I, I think it'll largely depend on if those virtual, the virtual options, if, if they start pricing those, if they start attaching a cost of those, and then what they actually involved and people will weigh that versus you know hey if i have to pay x uh, for the virtual options and it means i can stay home in my pajamas great i'll do that uh, but if i'm going to get the value out of this and I, i'm very much interested in the hallway track that existed prior to covid um, and especially if my company will foot the bill uh, for the conference uh, you know i'm going to vegas that type of an attitude. So it'll be interesting to see how things progress. I, I honestly, I, I don't know. I just think it'll, it'll, it won't go back to the way it was. So yeah. we have another question from the group here. I let me see here. I, whoops. Tomas, maybe. Hope I got that name somewhat close. Looks like connecting. Tomas, what's your uh, what's your question? And you're on mute. All right, we can come back to. You. Uh, I'm here. Um, I'm here. I lost. The, okay, great. I lost audio when I joined. Yeah, so it's one of the problems of Twitter. But yeah, anyway, what I wanted to bring up is. Uh, is uh, having a non-technical background when being in the data or joining the data, especially like legal and marketing. And I wanted to ask, how do you see that also in the context of like committees and like being in different committees in the sense that, he, that here are, for example, in like the marketing space and then you are in the in the tech space and then you mix those communities. And also like mix events like uh, data and uh, marketing, marketing and data, for example. Yeah, so are you discussing building data systems for a specific use case, for example, ad tech or marketing analytics, market analytics, for example, ad tech or marketing analytics, market analytics, things like, things like that? Uh, I'm in general with like having like different different backgrounds and being in the when being in the in the tech space and being in the in the data space because like being in the uh, being in the tech space, I noticed that sometimes people, especially in the engineering, focus so much, so much like on the engineering aspect of things that they forget that uh, 
this is like just like a tool to get like insights from the from the data I would say and insights are things that matter the most so I was just wondering like uh, about like having different background and seeing things differently yeah so I think that's really interesting it speaks more about um the type of data, so the domain of the data. So if a, the data is more for operational operations running, for example, I want to build the best CRM to track whatever, then I still need to model it. I still need a data engineering skill. I still need to digest it, prepare it, clean it, validate it, make sure the data is fresh, um, make sure it's accurate, um, consistent, com complete completeness. Uh, if that if that fulfills the expectations, the business expectations from the data, um, so the same often the same skills are applied, but the data uh, maybe the velocity of data um, is different. Um, the structure of the data can be different, can be more structured, more organized data because it comes from systems that are more structured. So for a CRM to a CRM connecting or combining the data, for example. Um, so the way I see it, often the skills are similar. Uh, what the challenges is going to be is with the sources of the data. There's going to be multiple types of sources. For example, if I'm building a marketing platform that I might be, I might need to pull in data from a lot of different sources. And so each source has this own format, their own API. I need to be able to figure it out from an engineering point of view, clean it, pre-process it, uh, and display it in a way that will be uh, useful for the business. Um, so I think similar skills apply. There's still a lot of engineering skills in there, but there's also a notion of understanding where the data come, comes from and also understanding the sources that we work with. Um, but the modeling part, displaying part, um, pre-processing part is often the same. Do you see the same thing, by the way, from your experience? Adia, you cut out there for a second. Oh, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. Yes. Okay. Um, should I repeat the last sentence? <laughs> I, I got most. I got most of it, I, but I think you were asking somebody a question at the end. Oh yeah, uh, Thomas. I wanted to know if uh, if it resonates for, with what you know from your experience. Yeah, I would say I would say to some extent yes, but just what I find annoying is when like people uh, when people start like I would say over engineering solution, and when people start like focusing. Oh, we need pipeline this. We need pipeline that. But at the end of the day, uh, what matter, matters the most is like getting insights. And I just think like sometimes just people forget, especially now that there are like many like uh, several uh, solutions for data, which is also interesting. Yeah, I really yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. Bob, go ahead. No, I, was, I actually would tend to agree with uh, Tomas on that, on that particular point in terms of I, th I think as data engineer or software engineers, uh, anybody who works in IT, um, maybe gets caught up more in the technology than the solutions and the goals, the insights that they're trying to provide. Uh, so I would agree wholeheartedly with that. Yeah, 100%. And it speaks about the team's KPI or OKRs. And what are they? Are they to integrate the most innovative framework? or they to produce uh, a good working product that serves the insights and is maintainable. Um, and this is more of a question of, um, you know, either personal KPIs or the team manager KPIs. Um, how do they know that the job is being performed well and it provides value to the business? Uh, and on that point, I really like the concept of uh, data products because data products means we are data engineering, building data products, uh, uh, either for internal customer or external customers, but our KPIs are product driven. So that means um, our data needs to be accurate. They need to provide the insights. They, it needs to be consistent. Uh, and then when we have these KPIs or, or we have to uh, you know, have a strict SLA, uh, and then when we have these KPIs, we can think about 
the right tools in order to, we need to use and integrate in order to reach that KPIs. And I, I always think that one of the hardest questions is when people try to over-engineer and think too much into the future, which is nice. Um, but there's a big question is, can we afford that as a team? Like, how far into the future do we want to plan? And if, if we lay out uh, uh, too big of a plan without testing the waters first and really giving results right now and thinking of a more of an agile um, process point of view of delivering chunk by its results time after time and constantly improving and adding things, this is where often we, uh, it's often get messy. Uh, and I believe we used to refer to it as a, a waterfall uh, project management planning. Um, yeah, and I think it's an yeah. interesting question. Mm -hmm. I would agree <laughs> with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Agile is definitely having more of a home in, in data product solutions. Um, and the sooner that we can adopt the mindset of iteration, minimal viable product, uh, the better off we'll be. I mean, it's certainly not a perfect um, methodology, uh, but I certainly approve, uh, you know, uh, think it's much better than a traditional waterfall approach. All right, let's, um, thank you for the question, Tomas. Let's get to uh, JP. See, there comes JP. <clears throat> JP, do you have a question? Hey, um, yeah, I, I do. Um, going back to the sort of community aspect uh, and specifically the conference types. Um, so the data council that you guys mentioned, um, I'm actually going to go to that in Austin. I've never been to a data conference or a tech conference, really. Um, and actually... I saw on the former speakers a D that you you presented at that conference, um, which is awesome. I guess my question is 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 me going to this? I see opportunities to network. I see opportunities to see what's being done in the industry, um, and, and to kind of get myself more into the data engineering community. My question is 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 what else do you, do you both think? you know, that I can do to sort of maximize this opportunity and, and really benefit from me being at this conference? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and Data Council is an interesting conference. Uh, I really like the size of the conference because for me it feels uh, it's big, but it's not too big. So you can actually get to meet and speak with people, uh, which is amazing. Um, can you hear me well? Yes. Oh, okay, good. Sorry, I, I saw my avatar got stuck. Um, so networking uh, and having a clear, like if, if you're in, making sure you're building the agenda for yourselves, right? So if you're going to a conference, take a look at the presentations, take a look at the speakers, make sure you build it in advance because uh, in the conference, you might not have time for it. So at least you'll have the options to, to where you want to go and what you want to see and where you want to, uh, and who you want to meet potentially, if it's a specific speaker, if you know there is a, a community gathering there sometimes in big conferences, there's a community booth uh, so they will have like a small booth and you can go and meet the community managers, the people who run the community, ask them questions, maybe get involved, get engaged with them as well. Um, so make sure you have an agenda of the sessions you want to see, the things that you want to learn, uh, and also the people uh, that you want to meet, potentially meet. Um, so in my opinion, uh, networking and going to all the events, uh, if I remember correctly, there is a uh, there is a community party. I don't remember the schedule exactly, uh, but I think there is a community party or, um, uh, yeah, uh, then definitely go to go to everything and speak with everyone, ask questions about your career, about what you see, be vocal. If, you, if, if you're looking for a new position, um, be outspoken about that. Say, hey, I'm learning so-and-so and I'm looking for a, B, C, I'd love to learn what you do. I'd love to learn how you see data engineering in your company. How do you define data engineering? What do they do in, you know, what do you do as a data engineer in your company, et cetera. Um, yeah, and, and be curious. Be curious. 
Yeah, excellent advice. Thank you, JP. Perfect. Thank you, guys. All right, let's go to David. David, you have a question. Hi, can you hear me? Hey, sure um, I actually uh, didn't want to, uh, I don't have a question. I uh, just wanted to highlight if you are able to make it to Austin and um, uh, you can see uh, Adi is being quite humble. She's actually not just uh, there, but she's speaking. Uh, so please do come. And and uh, I know that people are always looking for community. I myself have missed um, uh, so much of the community, you know, at KubeCon and Data and so on and so forth. Uh, I'll be there as well for the entire week. Um, please do just, you know, ping me, look me up, whatever it is. Um, I, I'd love to uh, help, you know, anyone looking for uh, opportunities to collaborate. Yeah, and David is awesome. JP, if you're there, let's let's go meet David together. Perhaps one of Excellent. the uh, one of the I can say uh, if you guys are coming across or writing any of the blog, just tag this community and uh, uh, share it with the Twitter so that uh, all of us can we can know about the, any of the latest finding or the blog or anything you're writing. So that's a, that's the one thing. Yeah, thanks. Excellent. Very nice. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm very jealous of the people that are going to the, the data console in Austin. It looks like a great agenda. I'm able to look at it. I won't be able to make it, but uh, I'm really happy to see that one and many others come back in person. So I, for one, am looking forward to getting back out there and attending some conferences. All right. I think that, you know, actually, I think that's a really good way to wrap up the wrap up the show. So Adi, thank you very much uh, for coming on and sharing some of your wisdom. Uh, truly appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Bob, for having me. And thank you everyone for joining. And I look forward to meet everyone one day in person. Um, and also, if you have any more questions or you want to chat, feel free to reach out. And I'd love to do it again uh, if you're enjoying it. I think it's, uh, I think it's a great fun. Excellent. And I'll make sure I'll get this uh, recording out there to the usual podcast spots, like I mentioned at the top of the conversation. Uh, and I'll try to include any relevant information, any relevant links that have come up during this conversation as well. Uh, thank you all so much for attending and making a very positive experience. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you all. Bye. 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 Thanks, Bye. Thanks a lot. Thank you.